Introducing Batiste Sweat Activated and Touch Activated Dry Shampoo. With breakthrough technology that absorbs oil and releases bursts of fragrance whenever you sweat or touch your hair for up to 24 hours, it's the ultimate hair care for girls on the go. Try the newest dry shampoo that's activated by you. Batiste, the future of hair care is here. Buy Batiste Dry Shampoo online or in store at your nearest retailer. Now at Top Golf, you get half off golf Monday through Wednesday when you book in the app. It could be any Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. Like this Monday, next Tuesday, and the following Wednesday. Or maybe this Wednesday, next Tuesday, and the Monday after that. Basically, any Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday is a good day, as long as you spend it at Top Golf. It's golf. It's half off. It's half off golf. Monday through Wednesday when you book in the app for a limited time only. So download the Top Golf app, book a bay, and come play around. Restrictions and exclusions may apply. Visit topgolf.com slash halfoffgolf for details. Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi strawberry slid right into my taste buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. Oh, 
Walking around to the Cactus City Business District, Smiley Phillips, a reporter for the Daily Star, turned in at the door bearing a sign which read, Cassius Holt, Attorney at Law. The fixed smile which had given the newspaper man his name widened as Holt, a small, dour-faced man, waved him into a chair beside the roll-top desk. Sit down, Smiley. I was about to send for you. But I suppose you want a story kept out of the paper, no? I have some surprising news for you. Of course, I shouldn't tell it. To do so makes me guilty of a breach of professional ethics. <laughs> You've been guilty of a lot of things. You weren't disbarred from the practice of law in the East for nothing. And you weren't fired from a New York paper for nothing except blackmail. <laughs> yeah, we've been over that before. Now, spill your secret. Last night, I drew a will for your boss, Colonel Mitchell. Well, he has no relatives, so where will his property go? To you? Me? Oh, Cash, this is great. The star alone is worth a lot of money, but... Oh, wait. The colonel has had to live for another 20 or 30 years in spite of the fact he was shot through the chest during the Civil War. Hasn't it occurred to you that his life could be, uh, shortened? Yes, but as his heir, I'd be suspected of murdering him. Sheriff Hubbard would jail me quicker than you can say habeas corpus. Smiley, I've done a lot of thinking about that, Will. It presents opportunities for both of us. How do you figure it out? My safe is filled with blackmailing material. Nearly every rich rancher and mining man around here has a skeleton in his closet. The cattle kings got their start as rustlers. The mine operators were claim jumpers and some were killers. <laughs> so what? Once the Daily Star is yours, we can use it to blackmail them out of hundreds of thousands of dollars. We couldn't get away with that or anything else as long as Newt Hubbard is sheriff. I thought up a scheme that will eliminate him and Colonel Mitchell at the same time. By working things right, we can put the sheriff in a position where he'll have to shoot the colonel. Some weeks later, the Lone Ranger and Tonto were camped in the mountains, a day's ride from Cactus City. Looking up from a copy of the Daily Star, which Tonto had obtained at a nearby stage station, the masked man remarked, Tonto, our old friend Sheriff Hubbard is in trouble. Oh, what happened? This newspaper is viciously attacking him. The editor, Colonel Mitchell, accuses him of being cowardly, incompetent, and crooked. Oh, editor, wrong. I'd stake my life on that. Personal journalism in the West has reached a point where even the best men are slandered. It's a menace to good government. All right, let's break camp. Uh, and where we go? Cactus City. We helped Sheriff Hubbard once. Perhaps we can help him again. As the Lone Ranger and Toto prepared for the trip, Smiley Phillips squeezed into Sheriff Hubbard's office. Hi, Sheriff. The lawman greeted him affably. Howdy, Smiley. Take your weight off your feet. Oh, thanks, Sheriff. <laughs> You know, I can't understand why you allow a reporter for the star to come into your office. Uh, Shook, Smiley, I'm an understanding sword. I don't blame you for what Colonel Mitchell writes about me. I know your job is just getting news about shootings and such. I, I hate to tell you this, but today's paper, the Colonel will have an editorial claiming that you stuffed the ballot boxes in order to get elected. What? No, I won't win for name calling. Sheriff has to expect abuse. But I don't say where the colonel is blackguarding me. Well, just between us, I wouldn't stand for the kind of slander the colonel's printing about you. I'd shoot him on sight. 
So would every other man in the territory. Maybe so. But I don't break any laws in spite of what he says. I do my darndest to enforce him. <laughs> you must be thick-skinned, Sheriff. Well, see you again. A few minutes later, Smiley was in conference with Colonel Mitchell, an ex-army officer of reckless courage but poor judgment, who had put aside the sword for the pen. He had not, however, discarded his six-shooter. It was a cap-and-ball Colt, a dragoon model of 1861, and it lay on his desk within easy reach as he asked... Smiley, did you see that uh, poltroon who wears a sheriff's badge? I just came from him, Colonel. Of course, you realize that I have to keep on friendly terms with him in order to get more evidence of his unfitness for office. Yes, you've convinced me of that. It remains for me to convince the public the lily-livered scoundrel must be driven out of Cactus City. He feels the same way about you, I gather. Hmm. He claimed that you've been sneaking down alleys to avoid meeting him. What? No man can speak like that of me and live. I'll publicly challenge him to a duel. A duel? In tomorrow's paper, I shall print a statement saying that at 12 noon that day and each day following, I propose to walk down the middle of Main Street in the hope of meeting and shooting that poor Colonel Mitchell raked the English language for the high-flown phrases popular in that day. Smiley hurried to Cassius Holt's law office. Bursting in upon his fellow plotter, he exclaimed, Cash, it worked out just as you planned. I told you it would. The colonel is going to force the sheriff's hand by challenging him to a duel on Main Street. Excellent. Will the colonel be armed with his cap and ball revolver as I anticipated? Yep. Well, naturally. Now, but look here. That gun is reliable and accurate. I've seen him use it to shoot the flame from a candle at 50 feet. You know, there's a good chance that he'll kill the sheriff instead of getting killed. I thought of that. I want you to spike his gun. Spike it? Oh. He doesn't carry it in the holster. So you ought to be able to get hold of it before he leaves the star office. Oh, I can do that. Then what? Drive cactus spines into the six nipples on which the percussion caps fit. That will keep the caps from touching off the powder charges in the cylinder chambers. And make him a perfect setup for the sheriff. Cash, you think of everything. Indeed I do, Smiley. Right now, I'm thinking of a way to keep you from double-crossing me. Why, I wouldn't do that. I don't trust you. You smile too much. <laughs> On the following morning, the star carried the colonel's challenge under a banner headline. Sheriff Hubbard and his chief deputy, Bill Lyons, read it together at the jail. The deputy was saying, Sheriff, you have to meet him or quit your job. Well, meet the colonel. But I won't try to do all. I'll arrest him. Black but a few minutes of being noon when the Lone Ranger and Taco rode up to the crest of a high hill overlooking Cactus City. There they drew rain. Unaware that Colonel Mitchell's editorial attacks on the sheriff had reached a climax that threatened gunplay, they gazed down on the town. Taco pointed. Place looked plenty quiet. Yes, too quiet. There isn't a man on the sidewalks or a horse at the hitch racks. He must have me see people. But them all look out of doors, windows, round corners of buildings. They seem to be expecting.
in trouble. Ah. And what we do? I want to keep my presence a secret, at least until I've talked to the sheriff. So we'll go on to the edge of town. I'll wait there while you find out what's going on. At that moment, Colonel Mitchell entered his office and found Smiley waiting beside the editorial desk. Picking up his gun, he looked at the shiny new priming caps. The smiling reporter's expression did not change as he asked, Colonel, are you sure your gun's in order? Yes, it couldn't be otherwise. Just before I went to the cafe, I oiled it, recharged it, and put on new priming caps. Well, it's almost 12. Give me your hand, my boy. I have a secret. No, no, I won't tell it now. But if it should happen that I don't return, I want you to remain true to the tradition of fearless journalism. Be a scourge of evildoers. Now, goodbye. Goodbye, Colonel. Believe me, my heart and soul are in your gun today. <laughs> my heart and soul and six cactus needles. Meanwhile, the sheriff had stationed himself in the center of the street a block away. He stood with his legs wide apart, his hands hanging loosely at his sides. His one gun was holstered. Seeing the colonel emerge from the star building, he called to his chief deputy who had posted himself on the walk nearby. Stay out of this field. It's my job. Right, but don't give him more than an even break. From places of safety, hundreds of townspeople watched with bated breaths. The deathly silence was broken only by the sound of the colonel's footsteps. He advanced on the sheriff with a measured tread of a soldier, holding himself proudly erect. His gun hung barreled down from his right hand. As the distance between the two men shrank to 20 paces, the colonel paused and called. Show your gun, Hubbard. Look yours. You're under arrest. Oh, what? Disturbing the peace. You can't hide behind your badge, you craven reprobate. When I reach the stone in front of you, I shall fire. As the colonel continued his fateful march, the sheriff slipped his gun from its holster, but did not raise it. Again, the challenger stopped. Up with your gun. I'm firing. As he spoke, the colonel aimed and triggered his long-barreled army colt. The hammer fell. Only the percussion cap exploded. The colonel's face was red with fury as he growled. Miss fire. Don't try that again. I'll give you your gun. Never. I'm sorry, colonel. You had two chances. All right, get up. You're not badly hurt. Dutch! A colonel! I'm coming, Sheriff. I was waiting. The rest of you people stand back. As the sheriff kept the crowd back, Doc Harlow knelt beside the fallen man. Taking off his tall hat, he uncoiled the stethoscope which he always carried in it. After applying the instrument to the colonel's breast for a short time, he pronounced... This man is dead. Why, Doc, that can't be. I aimed at the colonel's shoulder. You've made a mistake. He's alive. Well, if he's alive, so is Julius Caesar. Here's some of you fellas. Put him on a shutter and carry him to my office. I'll take the colonel's gun. I want yours too, Sheriff. Make him. What's for? I'm the coroner, remember? All right. Dig it. Being coroner, it's my legal right and duty to hold you for the inquest. Sheriff, you're under arrest.
curtain falls on the first act of our Lone Ranger adventure. Before the next exciting scenes, please permit us to pause for just a few moments. Some old priming caps on it. 
It isn't like an ex-officer to put old caps on a gun he expected to use in a duel. Oh, uh, where is the gun? Right here on the table. We're holding it for the inquest. May I see it? Go ahead. Here you are. This gun's in excellent condition. The copper caps are as bright as any that just came out of a box. What are you, what are you doing? Cutting the cylinder and taking off the caps. Hmm. Every nipple has been plugged. Apparently with cactus spines. Hey, no wonder it wouldn't shoot. Sheriff, both you and the colonel have been victims of a cunning plot. Somebody wanted him killed. And arranged it so that you had to do the shooting. The masked man is right. But it won't help your case, Sheriff. In fact, it'll make it worse if I let the inquest jury see that gun. They'll figure you managed somehow to spike it. Did the colonel have any enemies? Well, man I know about. I didn't even hit him. Well, uh, who stands to gain by his death? Nobody. He didn't have any ears. You must hurry. Go in there and we see somebody come. We'll step into the back room. Smiley. Doc, Sheriff Hubbard going outside the cell. You better lock up that killer and keep him locked up or I'll use my paper to run you out of town. Your paper, did you say? Yes, I said it. You might as well know now as later that the colonel willed me all his property. I don't believe it. I heard him say once that he figured to leave everything to an old soldier's home. Well, that was before I went to work for him. Where is that will you're talking about? Cash hold has it in his law office. Why, that shyster, he probably forged it for you. As the argument continued, the Lone Ranger touched Tonto's arm, and the two men moved silently through a door to an alley where they had left their horses. There, the masked man said, Talk won't solve the sheriff's problem. He can't work on it. The coroner isn't a real lawman. We'll have to act. And what we do? That reporter had a chance to spike the gun. The will gave him a reason to do it. We're going after the will. Maybe that gets us in plenty of trouble. We'll take that chance for the sheriff's sake. Do you know where Lawyer Holt has his office, Toto? Uh, let me show you. This way. Go ahead. A few minutes later, the greedy little lawyer was roused from a dream of power and plunder by a knock on his door. Expecting a visit from Smiley, he unlocked and opened it. Then he backed over to his desk with a gasp. A masked man. Steady, Holmes. We're here on business. Not you and that Indian. You were hired to kill me, and I know who hired you. Why, he'll hang for it. I'll fix it so he will. We won't harm you. All we want you to do is show us Colonel Mitchell's will. Of course you want the will for that double-crosser. What double-crosser? You know as well as I do. As he spoke, the lawyer slid one of his hands into the litter of papers on his desk. Then it snaked out with a gun that had lain concealed. Leaping upon him, Colonel forced the gun upward just as the hammer fell. Blaster showered down on the struggling men. Holt was shrieking. Oh, in a minute. 
Where did you get out while you can? Keep that key, Miss Yes, I'm getting the safe unlocked. As the Lone Ranger searched the strong box, a citizen who had heard the shot and peered through a window spread word through the town that a holdup was in progress in Cashholt's office. Armed men began to gather outside. Hearing the hubbub, the masked man abandoned his examination of the lawyer's files and got to his feet. Hello, we're trapped. That's sound that way. And what you find? The will, which seems to have been duly witnessed and notarized, and actually bequeaths the property to Smiley Phillips. Also, a lot of stuff which could be used for blackmail. Well, that not help us or sheriff. I'm afraid not. I'll take a look at the paper. Who'll try to swallow? Help! Help! Well, 
We've got another body for the inquest. Oh, oh. Hey, Mr. Lee. Look, lawyer fellow, take time. Look, it's so... Hey, I reckon that poor kid will have to be carried to the gallows in a chair. He's plum yellow, but he knew all the gun tricks. Why do you suppose he gave Smiley a plug gun? He probably expected the reporter to turn the gun on him sooner or later. He figured out a perfect plan for committing murder and protecting himself against his confederate. But he outsmarted himself. He did that as good as clear right now. The inquest won't be anything but a formality. Vice man, I owe you another big debt now. I wish there was something I could do to repay you. There is, Sheriff. Just keep on being the kind of lawman who is making the West a better place in which to live. Come on, fellow. Uh-huh. Sheriff, who is that masked man? <laughs> well, as I mind, I asked that same question once of another lawman. He told me like I'm telling you. He's the Lone Ranger. Brace